Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. This is the fifth podcast in the Teach Us to Pray series. We are looking at the prayer Jesus taught us to pray that we often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. We talked about the fact that there is a three-part appeal to God. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, all on earth as it is in heaven. I talked about the fact that after studying this, it really showed that we could pray each one of those little phrases and say the ending on earth as it is in heaven. Last time I spoke at length about what it means to be appealing to God that his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So in this podcast, we're going to look at your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These things are so closely together. Think about it a minute. If the name of God is not held holy, then one likely does not care what God thinks or wants, right? But if we start out holding God's name as holy, then our heart desires to honor His heart's desire. Therefore, because we give such high regard to the name of our God, and all that that name represents of his character, and if we consider that name as precious to us here on earth, as it is in heaven, then we want others to hold God's name holy also. We want his kingdom to come. We want his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize that we can see the kingdom of heaven manifest on earth even while choosing not to pay any attention to it, or actively fight against it, or simply not care about doing anything with the will of God. In Jesus' time on earth, the religious leadership and the Roman government in Jerusalem saw the kingdom of heaven appearing right before their eyes in Jesus Christ and his ministry on the earth. And yet, They did not even consider the truth of what they were seeing, much less to do anything because of what they were seeing of truth. The people who don't know the Lord could hear of the kingdom, but many just don't care about the good news message of Jesus. And they seek to do their own will, not the will of a God they hear about. Unfortunately, even Christians can pray the Lord's Prayer and still live their lives kind of oblivious about thinking what the will of God actually even means in their lives. Remember when I said this prayer isn't just about knowing and saying, it's also about doing? Hallowed be your name is an action of honoring God's name as holy. Your kingdom come 
is asking for an action to take place. Your will be done is asking for an action to take place. The doing of the will of the Father in heaven. So what is God's will that we should be doing? Let's look at what Jesus said when the teacher of the law asked him a question. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard what, that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Here we have Jesus saying that the whole of the law and the prophets are summed up in loving God completely and loving your neighbor as yourself. That's God's will for our lives. Well, the teacher of the law was a bit unsatisfied with that response, so he pressed in a bit. We see in Luke 10, 29, he asks Jesus, and who is my neighbor? This is where the story of the Good Samaritan comes in, starting in Luke 10, 30. Basically, our neighbor is anyone who crosses our path of life that needs our help. Here, it clearly shows then that love is not necessarily a warm, fuzzy feeling, but an action. I say that because in this example, historically, Samaritans and Jews definitely did not have warm, fuzzy feelings toward one another. Do you know that an act of compassion or doing the right thing before God does not necessarily need to come with a warm, fuzzy feeling? Some people have said to me that they don't want to be a hypocrite, so they don't do it if they don't feel like it. Well, I'm sorry, but I was a single parent of four kids. When I was exhausted and could barely keep my eyes open and finally got to go to bed at night, sleep was so needed. But I had a baby, and that baby routinely would want something in the middle of the night and would wake up crying or calling, Mama! What do you think my feelings were? Do you think I thought, oh, wonderful, my baby needs me. I didn't want to sleep anyway. <laughs> I have got to confess to you that many a night that was not my feelings. But for love's sake, I would call upon the strength of my God and get up. And as patiently and lovingly as I could, I would comfort and care for my child. So with four kids, some things can be a real bummer. Like when a sickness goes through the house and every one of them get it, but they get it in four consecutive weeks and I'm the only caretaker. I remember one such time in my life when that happened and the illness lasted about five to seven days. So for me, this was a nightmare. I remember on the fourth week when the fourth and last child was ill which happened to be my baby. 
I was rocking in the rocking chair in the middle of the night, holding her, trying to comfort her. And as I'm walking, I'm rocking, I'm praying to God. But at this point, I'm feeling a little delirious to tell you the truth. And my speech is a little bit slurred. And my prayers are sounding a little bit strange. I remember sitting there rocking, holding the baby, and my prayer went something like this. Heavenly Father, and then I rested and just breathed for a while. Jesus, strengthen me. Then another long silence. God, I feel like my consciousness is just going to, you know, just leave me. Maybe I should call someone. God, can you just die from a lack of sleep? Am, am I okay, or, or, or could I just, like, die right now? God, I can't die right now. I'm holding the baby. If I die right now, I might drop her on her head, and that won't be good. <laughs> oh, my. Do you think I was feeling the warm fuzzies in that situation? No, I was not. I was desperately trying to survive it. But for love's sake, I endured because love is commitment to an action in the strength of our God honoring his name as holy. And you know those warm, fuzzy feelings? Well, they come and go through this whole life. Raising children, I tell you there were days when my patience was tried to the brink and my emotions felt something quite opposite from the warm fuzzies. However, my actions were still required by God to be done in love. I tried to live by the basic philosophy of being firm, fair, and friendly, even within tough love situations. I did not always do that gracefully because, well, it's just plain hard sometimes but I kept pressing into God for help. If we think love is a feeling of the warm fuzzies, we're going to be in trouble. Don't get me wrong, it's great to have the warm fuzzies when you love someone, but those feelings come and go, and we need to know that is normal in this life of relationships, living in a fallen world at war with the enemy of God. You see, our feelings fell in the Garden of Eden just like everything else. So how we feel cannot be completely trusted. Our feelings have to be more in dominion, under the dominion of our God in Christ, just like everything else. Relationships can get messy. And I'm talking about any relationship. But the command to love is still there. And having healthy scriptural boundaries to guard our hearts, Proverbs 4.23, is incredibly important. There's so much I could say about that, but I'm not going into that in this podcast. If you want to understand more about loving and still having healthy scriptural boundaries in life, get the book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. Christians drastically need to understand this concept. The big picture of the will of God on earth as it is in heaven is to love him with everything in us 
and to love others as ourselves. This means we're supposed to have a healthy view and love for ourselves also. If we're going to believe that love is not necessarily a feeling, but an action of obedience to God in the name of love, then how should we approach our attitude and behavior toward ourselves? To love ourselves, our attitude should not be just throwing caution to the wind and saying, hey, look out for number one, or life's about me, 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 or my happiness is all that matters. Don't worry about anything. Just be happy. No, <laughs> that's not what healthy boundaries and loving ourselves is about. To love ourselves is about seeing ourselves as God sees us and operating in his will on earth as it is in heaven. Do we see ourselves according to his will, his perspective of us in these earthen vessels, these bodies he says are his dwelling place, his temple? Remember, when we ask Jesus into our lives and accept his lordship in our lives, we come to, to him and he comes into us and we are in essence the earthen temple where God lives. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Colossians 1.27 To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we belong to Jesus and have become a child of the living God to call out to our Father in heaven, then we should view ourselves the way he views us. One big thing we need is a Romans 12 renewing of our mind to see things in a kingdom come perspective and not our own fallen nature where the enemy of God keeps trying to batter our minds with distortions and lies about God's love and intentions toward us. I have a handout about who I am in Christ. It's got a whole bunch of scriptures identifying how Christ views us in scripture. If you would like that, please email me at cathomas at freedomreigns.org f-r-e-e-d-o-m-r-a-i-n-s dot o-r-g and I'll get that out to you. You see, to understand who we are in Christ and how God feels about us will help us to have a proper spiritual perspective about being the children of God, which is what the Bible says we are when we have asked Jesus Christ into our lives to be our Lord. When we understand who we are created to be as the image bearers of God and how precious we are in God's sight as our Father in heaven, 
That helps us have regard for our own creation as his image bearer. And to look at those around us from a more eternity perspective. It should bring us to our knees in humble, grateful worship. Because after the fall in the Garden of Eden, Jesus went through a lot to make sure it was even possible to have this restored relationship between God and humanity. If we face life looking through the lens of loving God and loving others as ourselves, then the question before our Holy Spirit teacher, guide, and counselor becomes, God, what does the action of love look like in this situation? Because you see, love looks different in different situations. When a child is too little to understand, love may look like protecting them from their own impulses and redirecting them. As they get older, and can understand more, love looks like teaching explanations, mentoring, and discipling in the ways of God according to their age, maturity, and understanding. Love may even look like letting them taste some of the natural consequences of their actions and decisions as they learn in the safety of their parents' love, protection, and guidance. Love looks different in how someone deals with a destructive alcoholic spouse versus how someone deals with a spouse who has an annoying character quirk that is harmless and not unbiblical. <laughs> While the actions of love often vary due to the circumstances, the command to love does not. The Boundaries book I mentioned earlier will help to sort out this whole concept. Are there things the Bible commands us we should or shouldn't do? Are there attitudes we should or shouldn't have? Yes, of course. However, you can put all those issues under the greatest command and the one like unto it by answering the question, how do I love God, myself, and or this person in this situation? The spirit and the truth of the word will teach you how to answer that question. In John 4, Jesus taught us in the story of the woman at the well that we would be worshiping God in spirit and in truth not according to things like geography. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 3.6 that the letter of the law kills, but the spirit of the law gives life. When we are praying the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying for the love of God to be manifest in every situation here on this earth as it is according to his perfect mercy grace, righteousness, and love in heaven. Not in judgment to condemnation, because we will never measure up to the law, but in the grace of his love for freedom of captive souls, Isaiah 61, 1. 
and toward our day-by-day, glory-to-glory, growth toward the likeness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 This is where we keep on keeping on in Jesus in this faith walk. Faithfulness, steadfastness, do you realize how that attitude blesses our God? Even the Great Commission to go therefore, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, is about love. It is about freeing his created image bearers from the enemy kingdom's influence and strongholds in our lives. It is about loving God with our own lives and actions so people may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. 1 Peter 2:12 It is about testifying to people, telling them our stories of the intervention and salvation of our God and what he has done for us. Revelations 12:11 It's about teaching by our example, our actions, and God's word as we encourage people to be disciples students of Jesus following him. Sometimes we will disciple with words and sometimes by our actions with no words necessary. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, O God. We each individually have to come before God to to ask for wisdom in any decision-making we do. James 1.5 tells us if we lack wisdom, we just need to ask God and he will generously give it out to us without any fault-finding, no condemnation, just the wisdom of God that we're asking him for. Proverbs 3.5-8 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. To do the will of God means we include God in our decision-making for our own lives. We don't just decide we understand things without at least talking to Him about it. (laughs) That's called prayer. I would suggest that to include God and not just run off making decisions that look wise in our own eyes, is part of what it looks like to love ourselves for good direction in life, and part of what it looks like to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you know that in Matthew 24, 12, Jesus identified that one of the signs of the end times was the increase of sin and that the love of many would grow cold? If we filter everything in life through the counsel of what Jesus said was the greatest command and the one like unto it, that is going to take us a long way in our own lives to live out God's will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. So when you pray the Lord's Prayer and you ask for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, 
think of the greatest command and the one like unto it. Seek God's guidance and wisdom for how that looks in every situation. And keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Till next time. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.